Today on the show, we devote the hour to the mystery of women, their authority, their role in the church, and we dare to press all the buttons. Our picks of the week and so much more. The Catholic Underground starts right now. Yeah, we have never been afraid of hitting buttons. In fact, you have hit the play button on the Catholic Underground, a podcast that likes to cut through the noise so we can bring you the topics that matter. It's episode number 430 for those of you who are keeping score at home. I'm Father Chris Decker, a priest of the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Joining me this week, we've got women, <laughs> Kathleen Lee. <laughs> you know this woman. Hey, Kathleen. Hello. It's good to be here. Also, woman. Olivia Galino. That's me. That's right. Uh, Olivia, it's always good to have you and uh, nice to have you at the desk as well. I know. We're all reunited. Yes. That's right. Yeah. I'm out of banishment, of exile. That's right. Yeah. Uh, let, let, us, uh, let us go briefly up to the Jeff Star One near Earth orbit satellite so that you can see, perhaps, uh, Albert. Albert, who is switching video there in master control. And uh, hey, Albert, how's Just it going? Just pushing buttons. Just pushing all the buttons. That's right. And then Ed is in the ball pit pushing more buttons because that's how we make this show happen. Except yeah. y'all don't give me any buttons to push. Unless they're like fake ones. That's right. We give we give her like a thermostat that's not plugged in <laughs> <laughs> or an elevator <laughs> console. Yeah, exactly. It's always interesting whenever we speak uh, about about women in the church mm-hmm. that immediately, uh, I believe to use a 2018 phrase, triggers happen. Yeah. You, you notice that? And yet it's really important that we do talk about this because um, women are an integral part of what it means to be human, sure. right? Sure. And and uh, the experience of women in the church is no different. I mean, you're integral to how the church functions, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so we thought what we do is kind of take you through a little tour of the mystery of the feminine uh, without within scripture and within salvation history and within the church. Yeah. And so uh, I thought we would start by talking about some of the, the women whose praises are sung in the scriptures. And, uh, and and that that's the first place that we start always, right, is to say that that um, if you go through the Old Testament, some of the most beautiful pictures of women are in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And some of the most ready-to-be-redeemed pictures of women are also in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any, as we, as we kind of just start talking through some of our favorites, are there, are there any favorites of women in the Old Testament that you have, or really in the scriptures, oh. but specifically the Old Testament? Yeah, well, I mean, I was just teaching my sixth graders about, we, we entered into the the history of, mm-hmm. of the church, you know, and, and looking at the Old Testament, you know, all the way from the very beginning. And we started to cover the patriarchs, yeah. you know, and I said, okay, but you know, right there with them are the matriarchs. And yeah. they were like, the what? And I was like, okay, if these are the fathers, like, then these are the women who stood with them. Mm-hmm. These are the women who, you know, were also named in scripture. Yeah. Uh, you know, and if, if they weren't named, then mm-hmm. what importance did they have? But they, they were, and they were part of the story. Yeah. You know, so even when we look back at the Old Testament, which is very patriarchal, yeah. right? And, and we'll talk about that, that word and what mm-hmm. it actually means in a, in a bit, but like, um, you know, there are still women, even in the Old Testament, all the way back to hello creation, yep. right? Where these women were mentioned, where in, in history, if you weren't really worth anything, then you weren't even mentioned at all, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. spe- and, and specifically not by name. Yeah. And so you have the matriarchs, you know, the, the, these women who throughout the Old Testament are playing major roles. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that that's, it's super important when we look at women's roles in, in the church. It's not just a, 
like a um, a, a new 20th century kind of or an add-on thing. at yeah. the 11th hour of like oh, now, women doing you know, something now yeah. that women can do part. something in society you yeah. know then maybe we should see how important they are to no 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 yeah. they were important from the very beginning mm-hmm. yeah. you know even at creation mm-hmm. that's right know? yeah and so so would eve be on your list oh yeah absolutely <laughs> and you know i think that um you know I, I was we talked about this in my class and i said you know it's important that she came from the rib of adam mm-hmm. you know from the very beginning it was it was evident that they were equal not you know from his feet that he was over her or from yeah. part of his head that she was over him um but, but from that, his core as we yeah, say today right right the part that was the closest to his heart mm-hmm. right and and that's that's the importance of of women in our church is that um and know, the complementarity right right, right. and that mm-hmm. you know that men wouldn't make sense without women and so mm-hmm. there there has to be this um this relationship and this partnership not only with each other but with god that we were both called to be yeah. you know, man and woman are called to be co-creators with mm-hmm. god and not just you know not just man or or not just woman that's right yeah. you know well and i love to like so when we hear about eve mm-hmm. a lot of people just like kind of skip to like well you know like she's the one who like talked to satan and everything mm-hmm. and i'm like first of all adam was there too yeah. adam was Second definitely next to her yeah yeah all of the patriarchs the matriarchs were right nearby yeah. right they're always mm-hmm. in always couple. Yeah. yeah right but like even when Eve is created or like right before, right, it, God makes this statement, it is not good for man to be alone, therefore I will make for him a suitable helper, Genesis mm-hmm. 2.18. And that phrase, suitable helper, is it's not just like like a helper to like help him do the dishes. It's not a or subjugation. Like, yeah, or, it's yeah. not like he's having trouble keeping up with the chores. And yeah. so it's we've the got thing the solution. That it's, it's, the, it's the solution that makes him not alone. Yeah. Right. It's, well, yeah. and even that phrase, like in Hebrew, the, the Ezer Kenegdo, that's a, a phrase that's used multiple times in the Old Testament, that Hebrew phrase. Mm-hmm. But the only other time, the only time it's used of a human being is when they're talking about Eve. Mm-hmm. And the, the other times that it's used, some, you know, dozens of times, it's used to speak about God and specifically God in his salvific activity. Oh, wow. So the help that Eve, that woman, because she's the, the mother of all the living, right? Just like mm-hmm. Adam is Adam, he's humanity. Mm-hmm. So the, the role that woman plays is a help for salvation. Yeah. And I love yeah. that, like, that is something that is never lost, right? Yeah. That's part of her, how she images God, right? Yeah. And so, like... Like the church fathers say, like the the image is gift and the likeness is task, mm-hmm. right? So in in the fall, right, sin makes it so that they they lost their likeness and they have to work right with God and to to become more to a like rediscovery God. Discovery yeah. and a, um, a, a really a, a renewal, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a redemption of the likeness, right? Because the image can't be taken away; it can only be blurred and and, and darkened and darkened. Yeah, yeah. but it's never going to be destroyed. Mm-hmm. But, and so like that image of, of like who woman is created to be remains. And I love yeah. that the Old Testament tells that story, mm-hmm. um, even in its like more salacious kind of dark moments of like how a woman maybe isn't living up to that so much. Yeah. Um, or how she's even participating in the salvation of her people by not being the best person, right? Mm-hmm. Like God right. works even through that. Like I remember um, last year with my students, I like showed them a, uh, a family tree of like uh, Jacob and mm-hmm. um, and like all, all of his sons and stuff and um, I, you know he's got like mistresses and all like <laughs> you and wives any, and yeah, all this yeah. stuff. there's lots mm-hmm. of branches of that family tree and I looked at it and before I even talked about it I was like all right look at this is this God's plan for salvation mm. no 
Okay. Or is this God's plan for, for marriage and family life? No. Good. All right. Can God still bring salvation out of this? Yes. Yeah. Okay, good. Now we can keep going. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. right. And yeah. that's what like we see, I think, particularly portrayed in women in the Old Testament. Like I think about Esther. Mm-hmm. Like she's someone who she listens. Yeah. Like she listens really well to what God is asking of her. And even though she like wants to resist it because she's like how I am I gonna, gonna get yeah. so murdered? Yeah. Yeah. Like she she listens to what God wants and she like goes boldly after it. Or mm-hmm. even like people like like Rahab mm-hmm. or like Tamar, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. these these really like salacious women and like kind of um, like the stereotypical like you know faulty woman if you yeah. want to call it that. Like they're they're listed in the genealogy of Jesus. Right. Like the gene, Jesus comes about because these women, even though they did not maybe live up to what who they were called to be, God still works through them. Absolutely. You yeah. know. Yeah. And I think that's the beautiful thing about the Old Testament is it shows us that God will not. Uh, God intended to create man and woman, and God would not, will not be outdone in seeing to it that both man and woman have a part to play mm-hmm. in him eventually working out the means by which we would be saved through Jesus Christ. And, and so if you think about it, um, and I'm just thinking about it now is that just as Adam and Eve were called to be co-workers with God, uh, Mm -hmm. in, in that very first garden that he created, um, even after the fall, man and woman don't lose that role in being co-workers with God. Right. And, and even, uh, through perhaps, you know, some, some not so good choices, um, that doesn't change the fact that we're made in the image of God and we're still called to co-work with him. You yeah. know, it's like I say people that, that, uh, that perhaps have separated themselves from the church in one form or another. Well, they're not called not to be in God's likeness. And that's why mm-hmm. the church, and we'll talk about that later, right? That's why the church has some of these mechanisms to bring us back into full communion and mm-hmm. things like that whenever we, we, we are straying. Um, but that's that, that's really kind of a beautiful thing. One of my favorite Old Testament characters um, is when I, I like to harp on a good bit, and uh, and that's Sarah, mm-hmm. uh, but not Abraham's Sarah, Tobit's Sarah. Yeah. Uh, and Tobit, by the way, I've said it before on the podcast. If you haven't listened yet, you should listen now. Go and read the book of Tobit. Yeah. And mm-hmm. maybe if you're not Catholic and you're thinking, Tobit, Tobit, I don't remember that in the count. Well, you're right, um, because it was one of those books that was removed after, um, well, around the mid-1500s, we mm. should say. And so the book of Tobit is really a, a, a book that's all about man and woman and their complementarity and mm. the salvific nature of a marriage well-lived. Mm. You know, Sarah, uh, Sarah was tormented by a demon, uh, at least one. Mm-hmm. And so much so, all the male suitors that were coming to her, they were being, they were, well, they were being killed by yeah. the demon uh, as she was being tormented. And so uh, as, as Tobias was, was wanting to court Sarah, Sarah's dad is digging a grave for him in the backyard. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, here comes another one. Might as well save yeah. time. Yeah, exactly. But, but Sarah wanted to marry Tobias. And Tobias wanted to marry Sarah. And Tobias had already been led by the archangel Gabriel. And, uh, and said, well, this is, this is how you defeat the demon because you want to marry Sarah because you want to live an upright life. You want her to live an upright life and you want to be joined together. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so sure enough, um, it's, it's some interesting parts of the fish that, uh, that the Archangel Raphael, guts. <laughs> the guts of the fish, right? Uh, to, to, to burn and all these things to cast the demon away. But right before um, uh, their, their marriage bed, they pray to God. You know, let us do all of the right things. Uh, I, I want to take this woman not because of lust, but because I wish for her to be my wife. Mm. And and Sarah stands with Tobit or Tobias as uh, as one of these upstanding women in Scripture. 
uh, very unsung. And I mm-hmm. like that too, is that there are, there are women in the scriptures, um, and, and we can certainly talk about this a little bit more, there are women in the scriptures who, who don't speak all that much. Mm-hmm. There are women in the scriptures who are like your Queen Esther's, like these mm-hmm. brave warrior princesses, yeah, you like know. Like a Judith. Like yeah. a Judith, yeah, yeah. exactly. Like mm-hmm. think about, like if you see Judith portrayed in art, it's always, without a doubt, well, maybe 99% of the time, she's holding the head of Holofernes and mm-hmm. she's just beheaded him right, right, to yeah. save her people. Yep. And so like, those are the kinds of like Joan of Arc figures that like come maybe more immediately to mind. That's and right. maybe we like look over people like Ruth mm-hmm. that we don't really hear a lot from, or like maybe, you know, um, think about people in the New Testament, like Veronica. Yeah. And Veronica like, is one of those that never speaks. Yeah. Right. Or like Priscilla mm-hmm. in the in the the early church communities, we hear about her, but we yeah. don't hear right. from her. You know, that's right. Because she's just told to us in one of Paul's letters. Yeah, and yet there's so much joy that come. One of the the great gifts I think in the scriptures we see is that women oftentimes are filled with a joy that men do not show. Mm. You know, in the scriptures, and so like Elizabeth is a good example of oh, yeah. a woman in scripture who who is just filled with unbridled joy. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, and and Mary too. Mary's magnificent. I mean, how how we would be failing the podcast right if we yeah. didn't mention the blessed mother right. um but but as the new eve mary is filled with this joy and this expectation of of redemption and and what is coming through her her yes mm-hmm. lately i've been talking about um about not having to give co- god a capital y yes but you can give him a lowercase yeah. y yes and and it's still enough for him you know and and even though mary gave a capital y yes um it was a it was a quiet yes in her heart, you know. Yeah. Um, and that that little yes has echoed throughout the centuries, and uh, it echoes in the women uh, today in the church as it began to echo in Mary. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, and it was so what's so beautiful about that yes is that, yeah, I mean, she was facing a whole. I mean, she could have been been killed, right? If you look yeah. at the reality of Mary's situation, um, she could have been abandoned. She could have been killed for be, just becoming pregnant. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, her joy was in the Lord and yeah. she knew that this was from the Lord. And so, you know, why she, she understood that what she could encounter, mm-hmm. um, was not worse than, than being separated from her God That's right. right? or not being obedient to her God. Um, and the joy that that would that that would bring and mean for her later on. And that's really quite yeah. something. Is that when we see when we see women overjoyed in the scriptures, mm-hmm. it's always because the Lord has visited and acted. Right. Mm-hmm. You notice that you know, like yeah. whenever um, whenever Abraham and Sarah are found to be with child, uh, there there's joy uh, mm-hmm. yeah. in in Sarah's voice. You know. In fact, <laughs> Isaac, right? God mm-hmm. laughed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There there is this notion too that. Um, that there is, there is always in the scriptures. There is always new life springing mm. from the the complementarity of man and woman. So mm. when God uh, makes a covenant, and when God is effecting a covenant, there's almost always a child being born. Mm-hmm. Isn't that something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we talked about this, uh, you know, uh, before as well. But like, even that that idea of of spiritual motherhood, you know, mm-hmm. like, it's, you know throughout throughout the history of women in the church and, and in the scriptures um you know there there is that life bringing force yeah even when there's not actually 
you know, a, ch- a child. That's right. Um, mm-hmm. Because it's part of what, you know, what we are as women is, is life bringers. That's right. You know, and, and you know, we've, we've talked about that in, in nowadays being, you know, spiritual motherhood and, mm-hmm. and, and that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. you know, even the scriptures, um, there's there's that beautiful aspect of, of women um, that is bringing life into a, into a situation. Yeah, like Miriam yeah. kind of standing up to Moses. Uh, mm-hmm. A guy would say, bowing up to Moses mm-hmm. saying, what are you doing? Like, yeah. you have to live your vocation. Yeah. And that's a type of spiritual motherhood right. for vocation. sure. Mm-hmm. But, well, you know, I, I also think of like, when we're thinking about the matriarchs and, and I keep thinking back to to Abraham and Sarah, mm-hmm. like, I don't feel like there was this, and Abraham made the decision, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, because there were promises made to Abraham that involved Sarah, Sarah. Yeah. you know, right. and they were promises right. to Sarah as well. And so, you know, it wasn't like Abraham was like, pack it up, woman, we're going, you know, (laughs) that it was, it was, uh, you know, a decision that they made together. And that, you know, I can imagine Sarah being very supportive of her, of her husband in that role of just being like, all right, like if this is, if this is what the Lord is calling us to, then let's, let's go ahead and get on out of here, Mm -hmm. you know, and and that I think is such a, you know, when you talk about life giving and life bearing, even to a, to a spouse, Mm -hmm. you know a woman has that role of, of either calling people, maybe not her spouse, but calling people to the carpet and saying, look, I'm going to be your mama real quick. Mm -hmm. Like, let's do, what are we doing? You know, or giving that support in a way that, that a mother would, you know? Well, I'm sitting here thinking too about like, so like, yeah, like woman, woman is, is the life bearer. She's the, Mm -hmm. the one who like physically and spiritually bears life in this unique way. But I'm thinking about like Adam and Eve and how, there's always like a birth, like you were saying, mm-hmm. that's a sign of a covenant. When you think about it, like, so Adam and Eve, when they sinned, they broke the covenant. So the covenant had already been ratified. They didn't have a child yet, though. Mm-hmm. So like the new life that was that that came from that covenant was Eve, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like God makes His covenant with with humanity, right? And Eve is the sign of that covenant, you know. Mm-hmm. And so like yeah. even like in in our very bodies in our very existence as women like we are the sign of god's love Mm -hmm. not that men aren't right because god makes his covenant with all of humanity yeah but like the fact that you're a ratifying of that covenant yeah Yeah. i don't know i've just never never really thought about like that before but that's that's the birth that we see that first covenant it's eve is right from from the side of adam yeah uh his suitable helper uh co-equal in all things right um to be able to image image perfectly God. I find it interesting that God who creates Adam said, it's not good for you to be alone mm-hmm. and, and sees that, that in his creation, there is still something to be unfolded about how his image is going to be present in creation. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. yeah, it makes sense that the sign of this, this first covenant, um, with humanity would be the, the completion of that, of that image. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course we, we could probably get into a whole nother, uh, broadcast about the theology of the body, which we might do in the mm-hmm. fullness of time. Just going to take a little bit of a pause to tell you that you're watching the Catholic Underground. Yeah, you might be listening to it too if you're on the podcast. Uh, you're listening on the podcast uh, by going to whatever your podcast feeder is, and we're happy that you do. I'm Father Chris Decker, joined by Kathleen Lee and Olivia Galino, and Albert and Ed are in the control room, making sure that the podcast doesn't encounter any turbulence. Um, I think. I hope, I guess. At any rate, we're talking about women in scripture and uh, and women in the church. And we were talking about some of our favorite women uh, that are sung in the scriptures. There's this beautiful blessing of mothers uh, that, that we uh, are encouraged to do every day or every year on Mother's Day. And that phrase of, you know, um, 
I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing it because I can't remember the blessing from the book, uh, from the ritual, but essentially it's saying we ask you to bless these women who kind of follow in this long line, these women who are our mothers, who follow in this long line of the women whose praises are sung in the scriptures, mm. meaning that, that women in the church and, and certainly women in the scriptures are not absent. Mm -mm. They're essential to how God is working out his plan. Um, and we even see this in the New Testament as well. Yeah. And I feel like something that's so unique about women, especially like as they're portrayed throughout, like salvation, salvation history is, is played out in a very unique way in the women of scripture. Mm -hmm. Like even if you were to just look at the women, which would be, you know, a, a deficiency of your reading of scripture. But like, if even if you were to just look at the women, yeah. I think you would see something really unique about salvation history. Cause there's almost like, I don't know, like the image that I'm, I'm kind of seeing in my mind is like there's this like stretchability or like the receptivity of woman to receive what God has in terms of like the covenant is mm -hmm. just like they're so like receptive to it to the point of being like bendable, moldable, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. and like even in their sorrow, like we were talking about joy, mm -hmm. but even in their sorrow, I think about like Hannah, yeah, right? Like mm -hmm. Hannah's prayer. She like, she desperately wants a child and she goes Sober to God. Sober up from your wine, woman. Yeah. I'm not drunk. Yeah. I just desperately want a child. And she's not afraid to like go to God in that sorrow and yeah. be like, what the heck? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, I think about like Mary Magdalene, like she's mm. so like, or, you know, uh, assuming that Mary Magdalene is Mary of Bethany and we can get into that another time too, That's but right. like, she's so like open with the way that she loves Jesus mm -hmm. in her tears and yeah. in her sorrow. Yeah. And like, that's that's the the fountain of life in her love for Jesus because like we see her weeping a lot or yeah. we see her like sitting at the foot of Je bathing her his feet in her tears you know mm -hmm. like we see her mourning at the death of her brother and like but even in that there's new life mm -hmm. right there's the covenant to be found that's right and and when you're talking about how um, some of the women in scripture are the ones from whom uh, demons have gone out right yeah. uh, th those who perhaps had been uh, dealing their lives in ill repute, um, to be able to to be receptive to this new life, to have to have the old life cast out, uh, and then to be reborn in a sense uh, yeah. at the word of the Lord too, that makes you an apostle, yeah. <laughs> of yeah. a sense, right? It does. Yeah. Well, and like thinking of Mary Magdalene too, like or you know Mary Bethany, um, like in um, what is it John four? Whenever uh, Lazarus has died mm -hmm. and Jesus waits for a few days yep. and he comes to Bethany and Martha goes out to meet the Lord and kind of like give him a, a stern talking to you. You got to love Martha because we're all Martha. <laughs> she doesn't get a lot of press because we're like, I don't want to be Even like, us guys are Martha too, yeah. right? <laughs> we're like, everyone, I feel like everyone's like, I don't want to be like Martha. And I'm like, Martha's awesome because yeah. she's just like bold in the face of who she is yeah. with Jesus. She's a warrior princess. That's what it, yeah. She's assertive, mm -hmm. right? Because that's her friend. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. Like, aren't you enough friend to go to your friend and say, I know who you are. I you? know you're God's son. Where were you? Yeah. yeah. And like, what? Well, meanwhile, Mary is back at the house and she's weeping. And Martha comes and says, the teacher is here and is looking for you. <laughs> and she, in her grief, she gets up and she goes out to meet him. And it says that the people that were in the house with her go up and follow. So yeah. like, even in her grief, yeah. she's able to bring people to Jesus. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, that's the depth of like like that, that re receptivity to the covenant. Like if you're truly living that out, even you're like, think of Zaylee Martin, like even yeah. your sorrow, even your grief is not, it's not an impediment mm -hmm. right. to being life bearing for others. That's and right. Sometimes that's the very thing that can help other bring that's other true. people to, to God. And you yeah. look at the saints, I mean, mother Teresa, the thing that caused yeah. people to follow her was not the fact that she was a supermodel, right? right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. People followed her 
precisely because she was hunched over, gnarled, and happy. Yeah. She was joyful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and they saw in this woman much more than her wrinkled skin mm-hmm. portrayed, yeah. you know? Yeah. And and that, I mean, that's the kind of saint that as a man I want to be. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and and that type of receptivity to to the life that only the Lord can give, to be able to say that capital Y yes to God in that way, uh, that's where where we as as men must learn we must learn at the feet of the lord and be receptive like mary uh, Mm -hmm. was and i feel like that's what jesus does in the gospels like especially luke's gospel and john paul ii talks about this in mulieris dignitatem Mm -hmm. um kind of how jesus systematically in his treatment of women in the gospels and in luke's in particular he's systematically like redeeming woman and like Mm -hmm like drawing women closer so like even you know we see jesus interact with all kinds of women Mm -hmm. and like just the fact that he has so many interactions with them number one is remarkable because why would he have been talking to these women he wasn't married to and that he wasn't related to um but also there's women who like make demands of him there's women who challenge him like the woman at the well Mm -hmm. there's women who like are are mourning with him on the way to mm-hmm. to the Calvary. Like yeah. some of them are silent. Some of them are vocal. Some of them are salacious, you know, like the woman caught in adultery, mm-hmm. but Jesus, he kind of goes into each of these categories that we talked about, right? Like these warrior women, these mm-hmm. quiet women, these maybe more scandalous women. And he, he treats them all as woman, right? He yeah. redeems them all as the original woman, which is why he, he gives them, a name that he himself designates, right? When he speaks to to Mary at Cana, a woman. Yeah. yeah. He's in that moment where, where she's kind of <laughs> calling that first miracle out right. of him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he, he calls her the redeemed of the race. He calls yeah. her a woman. My yeah. time has not yet come, but yeah. he calls her a woman. I, um, my, I wrote my mm-hmm. college thesis on Christ is the new Adam and Mary as a new Eve. Because mm-hmm. I remember just like, you know, I always, when, I, when you hear him say, woman mm-hmm. i am my you know well, we go all american and my, yeah my woman and my and my sassy pants you know yeah. stance i hear him going woman you know yeah what are you talking yeah. about and it and, and you know, to, to hear that he was addressing her as, as the mother as of, as the new eve yeah. like yeah. through you yeah comes you know salvation this you new know, this, thing yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and and i was blown away by that and and to me as a as someone who was in college, I mean, I was in my later years mm-hmm. of college. Um, I so I was, you know, a young adult, but I had never heard, and it, and with all of the history that I had of of what woman means, yeah, it completely blew my mind yeah. mm-hmm. that it was Jesus speaking to the core of who she was, yeah. to her to her beautiful identity as a woman, not just you know, woman, because I'm not even going to address you by your name, <laughs> but I'm going to address you by who you are, by your identity. Yeah. Because yeah. it's, it's more, it's more to me than just your name. That's right. Yeah. You know, you, or you, mom or anything, you know, yeah, like, you are a woman. Right. 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 right yeah. yeah. How beautiful that yeah. is. And that's what the church is. I, I feel like we would be remiss to, to not mention that, like, we call the church mother. Yeah. You know, because Mary is that that church, that new Eve. Yep. That's right. And we will certainly unpack that a good bit on the other side of the break. Uh, Mary as the new Eve and the church as mother. Stay right there. Catholic Underground's coming back after this. Hail Holy Queen, 
Mother of mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, most gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy towards us, and after this our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. always reminds me of Jeff. It does. Uh, yeah. yeah. Jeff Blackwell is uh, moderating the chat for us um, in the chat room, which by the way, if you uh, would like to join us on Sunday evenings at uh, at 7 p.m. Central Time, mm-hmm. that's typically when we are on the air broadcasting live to Facebook and to YouTube and probably the Twitter as well. I can't I remember. Twitter, yes. But uh, at any rate, you're, you're listening to and you're watching the Catholic Underground uh, we're live on Sundays at catholicunderground.tv or cutv.live uh, for that. I'm Father Chris, joined by Kathleen and Olivia. And we've got Albert and Ed and Jeff's in the chat. Uh, Jeff's doing well, by the way. A lot of you have been uh, asking about Jeff and emailing about Jeff. And how is Jeff? Well, Jeff, Jeff is a walking miracle, and we can say he is walking. So uh, we'll have him on the show before too long. Um, once he's kind of, you know, up and at him, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's moving pretty good, though. And uh, maybe have Jeff, we could spend a whole show, I think, on Jeff talking about what it's like to, yeah. to bear the crosses that he is born. And we might very well yeah. do that. Yeah. Um, That'd be we, a good show, a show about suffering. It would be oh, a good yeah. show about redemptive Ooh. suffering. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, Jeff actually has some stories. Yeah. He's no, I'm sure. seen things. That'd be yeah. amazing. Uh, so we're talking about today uh, women in the church. We spent the, the first half of the show talking about some of our favorite women in the scriptures and, uh, and specifically how they have an important part to play in God's redemptive action and how women in the scriptures are not just bystanders that things happen to, mm-hmm. but they are very active in how God is at work in the pre-church, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And then in the church that he founds um, on, uh, certainly in his son, Jesus, and, uh, and whom Jesus marries as he, as he gives himself on the cross and hands the keys over to Peter. And so I suppose if we're talking about women, we also have to talk about authority because that always comes up, right? That's, right. A, that's a buzzword in our world today is, is typically women usually comes with, uh, with a, a sidecar of the concept of authority. Mm-hmm. And so we thought we would, we would talk um, kind of the role of women and the authority in the church by first drilling down into what we mean when we say authority, because that very word itself is uh, is kind of uh, loaded, isn't yeah. it? Well, yeah, because I mean, I think if you think about like, uh, you know, what first comes to mind, you know, like word association mm-hmm. with the word authority, you think about like authoritarian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's different, right? Because like Kathleen and I are authority figures in our classrooms, but we're not dictators. Right. You know, like there's a difference between being like, you know, Pol Pot or something mm-hmm. and being an authority figure like, like yeah. your parents are an authority figure they don't have to be dictators right, right. and mm-hmm. so but we tend to think of it the person who's in authority is the person who has the most power right or the yeah. person who has the most followers which then gives them the most power right. who exerts the most force right over yeah. something or someone exactly yeah and that's that's an incorrect view of authority of just because like that's not what the word means right right. um and so words matter right we're not nominalists words matter and like the word itself is from a latin word which means like the author Mm -hmm. the creator 
of yeah. something. Authority. Yeah, right? Like authority. You can see it in there. Um, and so it's from the Latin word actores. And like the the person who has authority um, is the person who gives life, mm-hmm. right? Like the, to be the author of something is to give life to something. Right, if you're like the think author, about writing a book. Yeah, yeah. if you're the author yeah. of a story... It's not just like you're the one who wrote it down, right? Yeah. It came from your imagination. Yeah. You're giving birth to experience. the characters. You're giving birth to the plot. Yeah, sort of thing. right. It's your baby. Like you think about like how artists talk about like this work is like their baby, mm-hmm. right? Because they're the author of it. Right. Yeah. Um, or even like like giving a retreat or something. Like right. you're yeah. an author of that, even though we don't maybe use it in that same way because you do give birth to it in right. a certain yeah. way. Yeah. And so like, obviously that life-giving role, there's mm-hmm. a pretty clear connection to what we were just mm-hmm. talking about with like lemon, women as lemons, women as <laughs> life bearers, yeah. we're lemons. <laughs> um, but ultimately that life comes from God, right? Yeah. God is the author of all life. Mm-hmm. And that's why like covenant is so important in the scriptures because covenant is how we become sharers in that life with God, mm-hmm. right. right? Like when we are active participants and members of that covenant, then God gives us that co-creative ability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? and so we can kind of co-author things. Yeah. yeah. And, and there are even times in which he gives us authority right. uh, over certain things as well. Yeah. Right, so like in, in creation, when he, when he allows Adam to name the animals, mm-hmm. giving the, the name in the Old Testament gave authority. Yeah. yeah. And so it, right. was a, it was showing that, you know, man had authority or, you know, dominion mm-hmm. over... Yeah. The created things. Over created things. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And like he didn't make the, you know, Adam sure. doesn't like craft the, the lemur. Right. Yeah. Right. But like by giving the who name. who would? I, don't know. I, I mean. Know, right. <laughs> or the platypus. Wow. Yeah. But he, he, by like giving the name, he like finishes sure. the fashioning. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. like, right. if I, you know, do a painting or something, or, you know, whatever the, uh, the verb would be, I don't know, paint, make a painting, a painting. To paint and painting. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah whatever right if i do that <laughs> then like or if i write a song right yeah. but i don't finish it or i don't name it right, right? that's like the missing piece right. right because that's the ability to like recognize and kind of take hold of something sure yeah you know and that's such a huge part of like interacting with things so authority isn't arbitrary it's it's something that um it's given that is given right yeah and it has to come from a source right Yeah. yeah even think about like the kings in speaking of the old testament like um you know, God doesn't want to create a monarchy, right? right. Because right. he's their king, right? Mm-hmm. But he, he acquiesces, but he picks the king. Right. That's why yeah. they're anointed by the prophet yeah. is because mm-hmm. he's going to share his authority with them. That's right. And when that's a legitimate authority, they flourish. That's right. And when it's not, they fall apart. And it's really interesting because of the kings that have been anointed throughout Israel's history, some of them were pagan. Some of them were not believers, yeah. you know? Uh, yeah. So like we think of Cyrus uh, yeah. that we, we hear in scripture. He's the one who allowed Jerusalem to return, to build and return to a temple. Yeah. You know, and so the Lord, when when the Lord deigns to give authority, uh, he means to do something with it. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and he means a responsibility on the person who, who has received that authority. Yeah. And I think that's where we can go wrong when it comes to a lot of things nowadays. But like, especially when we're thinking about like, like the role of, of women and like, like feminism kind mm-hmm. of like couching all that in, in mm-hmm. the name of feminism. Um, cause even that phrase needs to be redeemed too. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Because like, cool. like, you know, I don't have any problem saying that I'm a feminist because I'm a JP two feminist, you yeah, know, like yeah, yeah. in the, the sense of like integrated femininity and masculinity, but that's mm-hmm. not what the world means by that. Right. Um, what do you think the world means by the word feminism today as a woman? What, what does the world mean by feminism? 
I I, th- I think in a in a sense it's very much how can I be like a man, mm-hmm. which that's very broad and very but like any woman that I have have struggled with their you know fight for femininity is mm-hmm. you know, like for instance at one point I was asked um, you know as a teacher uh, what how would I address the question why can't women be priests mm-hmm. and I my response was if we focus on what we can't be we miss out on what we can and and are to be Mm -hmm. like we miss out on a a huge like and so you know i think a lot of femininity is how can i be be not only like equal to a man because there's no there's no sense of um like you know in my role as a woman Mm -hmm. i can be equal to a man Mm -hmm. it's you know how can i look like a man talk like a man dress like a man be a man Mm -hmm. And, and that's what makes me equal in power mm-hmm. and authority. And, and there's no, you know, and that's, that's my sense. It's like yeah. there's even women who, who, you know, claim to be f- feminists, um, you know, and it's all about th- what makes them a woman. It's, it's not like it just yeah. isn't. To me, it seems you know? like, a, and this is from a guy, you know, it seems like when we talk about the, certainly the radical feminism of the day, a lot of it is is concerned with the doing, yeah, and not the being. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, um, because can can a woman do many of the things that a man can do? I would say point for point, the doing, yeah, yeah. for yeah. sure. You know, um, yeah. you know, I have biceps the same way that you do. They yeah. they may be constructed slightly differently sure. based upon mm-hmm. our anatomy, but as far as the doing goes, yeah, you know, but the being. There is there's something at the level of being yeah. that that we often um, don't give don't give time and don't give reflection to, yeah. because as we've said on the show before, there there's a crisis of philosophy, mm-hmm. and I think to talk about true feminism, we have to talk about the being, yeah. as we did we, yeah. right at the, the beginning of the show, we talked about the being of woman, the yeah. being of of yeah. man and how they are complementary on the level of being, yeah. Yeah. and then their doing does coincide. But there are also distinctions within their doing as well. Yeah. Right. I think, you know, in, in my in my life as a woman and, and being a feminist, you know, I I don't even it, it's hard for me to use that word because, because I don't so want it to be labeled it's so front loaded. But like, I'll tell you, I'll be I'll be very honest with you. Like I I see my role as a woman and, and you know, as a soon to be wife as a supportive role, you know, supporting my and supporting my husband, but like also as an equal like. And, but I also surround myself with men who know what masculinity is mm-hmm. and know what femininity is. Mm-hmm. And so I guarantee you, like, I, I mean, I'll be the first to tell you, no man is ever going to talk to me as if I were less than what I am. But I also have no problem with cooking dinner for my husband. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, he's not my husband now, but like, yeah. you know, <laughs> I have no problem with that. I have no problem, you know, with with being a supportive role because I know that I am not mm-hmm. less than, mm-hmm. you know well, what I mean? And, and yeah. I, I think that's seen as weakness. And to me, like, I'm, I am, boo boo, I am not weak. No, you know? she's not. And, and, I, <laughs> and I also am not like a subservient role. You yeah. know what I mean? But yeah. It, yeah, and I think that 
like part of like the definition that, of feminism that bothers me is like it's all about empowerment mm-hmm. but even in that word it's it's the idea that like power has to be like shifted or given mm-hmm. right. right like there's some kind of power out there that i don't have yeah. that i have to go after yeah. and, and take. that and take right <laughs> yeah. and and it's the the narrative is it's the men that have the power and sure mm-hmm. historically speaking yes yeah, that has sure. been true and has has have women been oppressed absolutely yeah. right but to say that like there's this power out there that I have to go and take hold of and mm-hmm. assimilate and make it mine. Mm-hmm. Number one is to say that I don't have any power, right. that I'm just kind of this weak little shell mm-hmm. and I have to go and like, you know, rise up and like seize what's not mine. Mm-hmm. When the reality is, no, I'm Ezra Connecto, right? Yeah. I am created to help the salvation of the world. Yeah. My role as a woman and just in general, but also a woman in the church is to drench the world in salvation. That's mm-hmm. not a small task. No, that's a power mm-hmm. that I'm yeah. given. And it's a power in the true sense of like, that's my, that's my co-authorship with God. That's right. That's mm-hmm. my, that's my role. And that's what I write with my life mm-hmm. is that, is that, that salvation. That's not, that's not nothing. No. And so it really like, it tears at me whenever I hear that word empowerment, because I'm like, you don't understand, right? Yeah. Like who I am. And then you you can like deign to tell me who I am based yeah. on not understanding. On, on a sheer, on a sheer level of doing. Yeah. That is only, doing. only in the, the earthly sense of the word doing and taking. And it also yeah. assumes like a zero sum game, yeah. right? That there's like so yeah. much power in the world. Mm-hmm. And if you have some, then I don't have some, yeah. right? If yeah. you have 50% yeah. of the power, then there's only 50% left for me. Mm-hmm. And, and I need 51% yeah. to be considered a complete individual. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like it's a, a, a shareholders meeting. But right. like the reality is like, and I, this was an example that Dr. Jennifer Miller gave in grad school when she was talking about the common good, but I think it's relevant here. She said that the common good is not a zero sum game, right? If we have a cake and you get a piece that's a third of the cake, then that means that there's only two thirds left for us, for us. That's a zero sum game. But the, the way to think about the common good and just the human race is you don't, it's not that you have a third of the cake and we can only have the rest of it. It's you're the sugar mm-hmm. and I'm the flour mm-hmm. and you're the eggs. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And you at home listening, you're the flour, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like if we don't have any part of that, right. then There's it's not no a cake. cake. That's right. Right. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're all worse off mm-hmm. without having that piece. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what, what, like the role of, of feminism has to be going forward is, mm-hmm. is teach us who we really are. Right. Yeah. Remind us, not even just mm-hmm. teach it, remind us of who we are because it's been so clouded by what we're not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah the Pope's missionary or the Pope's, uh, mission, uh, laity's mission in the church is, is what his, um, his October prayer intention is all about. And this mm-hmm. is how it reads. We pray that by the virtue of baptism, the laity, especially women, may participate more in areas of responsibility in the church. And uh, I think that there's definitely good things to be reflected upon, and that's worthy of our prayer. Because I know, um, of course, I know in my own life uh, as a parish priest that uh, my my staff, my parish staff, is 99% women. And they have in a sense, more responsibility than I do. You know, uh, I certainly have, have the spiritual as a, as a father, I have a spiritual authority over, over my, uh, my flock, um, that is given to me by virtue of the fact that, that, um, Christ through the work of the Bishop, the hands of the Bishop ordained me to do so. But uh, the, the responsibility of women in my parish life is essential, Mm -hmm. absolutely life givingly essential, Mm -hmm. you know? 
Um, I can baptize a child, but uh, I don't. I don't birth them. You mm-hmm. know, and and I can um, I can help to provide for the spiritual upbringing for ch- for children, but I can't do so in that co-redemptive way right, right. that that only a mother can yeah. um, for her children. You know, and so I think that that's certainly a, a worthy prayer intention. Um, and and I am all about having uh, women participate in more areas of responsibility in the church, mainly because they do already. Yeah, I think we have to. We we oftentimes kind of get in the question of well, then why can't the woman uh, occupy these patriarchal things mm-hmm. within the right, church? Right, right. You know, um, and, and of course we would say that that's that's because of the great dignity of women mm-hmm. yeah. that, that they're, they're not invited by Christ himself to participate in those, in those particular uh, mm-hmm. fatherly offices mm-hmm. of the church because the motherly offices that they hold while not ordained are no less authoritative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that, I think that is really where we, where we get gummed up is right. y- your role in the church is no less authoritative. No. I mean, I think about like, it's like if the church is really mother, then like women have a particular insight into what that means. It doesn't mean that like lay men are not a part of the church, not at all. Mm -hmm. Right. But like that there's a certain, um, like intuition that women just already have about what that means. Yes. And think about like the role of a mother, like, like, I think we've used this analogy or I've used this analogy before, but like, like if you're, if your kids are playing in the yard and there's a snake, right. You're not going to yell, there's a snake. Right? <laughs> right. You're yeah. just going to say, kids, let's come inside now. Mm-hmm. Right. And even though like to the kids, it's like, oh man, like we can't have any fun. Mm-hmm. You know, right. uh, what the mom sees is, is the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Right. And so mm-hmm. that's, that's the job of, of women in the church is to see that bigger picture. And boy, and isn't be, that true. And, mm-hmm. and think yeah. about like, even like we were talking earlier about how like Mary Magdalene was the one that, that Jesus in his resurrected body right, appears yeah. to. She's the apostle to the apostles. Yeah. She's the one who brings to bear the resurrected Jesus to the church. Yeah. There's yeah, no yeah. church without Mary Magdalene. That's right. She she births that that word. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. often I think about and just just thinking about this right now about how like at that moment the and this is none of this, you know, I, I always hesitate to talk about this cuz I don't ever want to lessen the apostles mm-hmm. or priests or men in our lives at all. You're among you know, friends. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um but I th- I'm thinking at this point at this point, right? The men, the apostles are literally afraid for their lives. Yeah. You know, yeah, because they are. they're probably not going to come after, you know, Mary Magdalene. They need and, you know, someone to birth joy but, to them yeah, and hope to them. But this woman who is in the midst of probably the deepest grief she's she's experienced is the one that Jesus was like even we we're just talking about this, right? Even in the midst of her grief, she will receive this. Yeah. And bring it, you know, because because I don't know, like I mean, what I don't know what it would have been if if he would have appeared to wow. One so of the apostles. So first. a prefiguring of Mary Magdalene could very well have been Hannah. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Now there's a paper to mm. write. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm. But you know, like you're talking about keeping a cool head, and like these women were. You think about when somebody dies mm-hmm. in my family, at least when somebody dies. Who are who are those you know those the the worker bees? Ellen Lee. My mom, yeah, <laughs> my mom is crazy awesome at that. But like, you know, who is going around and, and making sure mm-hmm. you know there are clothes for the person who has died? Mm-hmm. There's food right. for everybody who's coming. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a place to stay. Yeah. They're doing a million things in That's the right. midst sometimes of. They're being Martha and Mary at the same time. Yeah, of deep, deep grief, Mm -hmm. you know, and yet, yet there still is this, this 
functionality about them mm-hmm. you know and um man that i was just thinking that thank you for letting yeah. me think that out loud no, that was, but um you know just thank that you. that like oh I yeah i needed a good homily today mm-hmm. no that's good mm-hmm. that's very and you know good. that reminds me i think it might have been like louis de montfort or something who said that like don't quote me on that but mm-hmm. like who said that mary's strength isn't or we, we might think of mary as weak but like mary is strong not because she like lies down and like lets the wind overtake her but because she stands up and she bears the full force of the wind yeah and like i think that about that wind image. is the holy spirit yeah that rests upon her right yeah. and like that's not a that's a, a hurricane woman. yeah, yeah that's, no. that's a someone a who can bear woman. the force of the trinity yeah and and will it and yeah. desire it that's no yeah mm, there, now there's another mm. good homily as well oh man we got we got plenty that we could just keep on talking about but i guess we should take some time at the end of the show for that part of the show that we like to call the cu pick of the week that's right you may wonder where it's been well it's here again for our first pick of the week maybe we should go to olivia because it's pretty obvious your pick of the week right or have you, well, you chosen I, something, I else? Picked something you, else oh perfect but Yay. another time they will figure out don't look on the feed That's to okay. like it's all right. it's zoom okay. in on this okay. okay so my pick of the week is something called visio divina yes have you oh seen yes this or this? Uh, yes okay. mm-hmm. so there's a blog ish that i uh read regularly called the young catholic woman and um, and it's kind of a team of people that produce these different blogs and letters, but they also um, have made... Oh, I don't have this one. Oh, Keep it's going. so good. <laughs> they also have made this kind of workbook, if yeah. you want to call it that, um, of, you know, we've heard of Lexio Divina, Praying with Sacred Scripture. So it's Visio Divina, which is Praying with Sacred Art. And um, I'm teaching a, a, a class next semester to my seniors on um, theology through art. And so I've been looking for ways to incorporate that in prayer, and I've been interested in this for a while and I I did part of it with Mm -hmm. um so my kind of secondary pick of the week is a painting called Christ in the Desert by Ivan um Kamskoy so beautiful had never seen it before they loved it I loved it we were all moved um and like the way that the first of all the the artwork that's chosen is very um powerful it's not all like kind of the typical things that you see a lot um but even like the questions that are given it they she gives scripture um but they also give questions to kind of help your meditation and then if you buy like the physical book you can also write in it um but yeah i did it with my seniors for like a whole class period this past week and it was an incredible prayer experience and i was i was moved like and yeah so i really recommend if you've never done that before uh, like praying with sacred art this is a good way she's you know the art's already picked for you the scriptures are there the questions are all there um but as a way to draw the visual into our prayer experience too i think is uh, really important i'm all about i'm ordering it right now by the Do way because i have a book on visio divina but this one looks really 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 good yeah uh kathleen yeah okay so um I stumbled upon uh, Dolly Parton's net, new Netflix documentary Do called I Here I Am. I've heard it's good. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, first off, I want to be here in real life. Um, secondly, I think like it really is a very interesting view on what it was to be a woman in her like when she was young mm-hmm. and getting into the industry and how she how she I don't want to say used her femininity, but she she definitely um, used it to her advantage without really like without exploiting exp- herself without exploitation, or yeah. really like down 
grading men mm-hmm. um and so i think she's pretty awesome um and i love her now now i'm a big fan um and so you check it out it's called here i am it's on netflix all right very cool uh, my pick of the week speaking of this art track that we're down so michael o'brien has written many many a book but did you know that michael o'brien is also an iconographer and an artist and so his book the art of michael Ooh. o'brien or actually it was I don't know if I don't know if he penned it, but it's from Ignatius Press, and it's all of uh, almost all of his his works, uh, sacred art, and then some of his early stuff too. So you can kind of see uh, how he develops yeah. as an artist. So not only is he a very prolific writer, but he's also a fascinating artist as well. And mm-hmm. and there is prayer that goes into well every icon that he writes and every painting that he paints, and you can kind of see him kind of working out things like any artist working out things in his own life. Yeah, uh, by cool. uh, by by painting and and that's really what a writer or an artist does is they kind of work things out actively as they're Mm co-creating you know um and michael o'brien i don't know if you also knew that michael o'brien um does the covers for all of his books too yeah and i don't know if it's his publisher that picks the covers or if he says well i'm gonna paint this and it's gonna be the the cover of the book i think that might be exactly what he does yeah but Mm. uh but the art of michael d o'brien really really good book um, and some of these, I mean, talk about um, about Vizio Divina praying with scripture. Uh, he's painted some of the saints as yeah. well. And I know we have time so I can show you. Uh, this is Maximilian Kolbe. If you're if you're watching Very on the podcast, nice, yeah. uh, he's done kind of his own take too on, yeah, on some different. of these. I, I saw like Edith Stein and I was like, Ooh, oh, I yeah, this seen is, that uh, one. Teresa Benedict of the Cross, Edith Stein as well. Cool. Yeah. And so and the thing about it is like his color choices um, the 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 way that he paints, there's like a there's a, a two dimensional iconography in each mm-hmm. of it, so you kind of get the sense that he's writing yeah. uh, the painting rather than painting the painting, yeah. and, uh, and that's typically done with iconography. But he does it in so many different ways, and he has some some beautiful uh, images of of, of Jesus, mm-hmm. and you can tell that these are done in prayer, mm-hmm. and even the way that sometimes the figures are contorted, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's this sense that uh, that that, that there, is, there is real anguish taking place. So this one is the temptations in the desert mm. um, of, of where Christ is, is actively contorted as he's undergoing these temptations. Just beautifully done. And uh, I, I, can, I can already tell that in some of my own artwork, uh, there, there might be some little hints of O'Brien. Mm. These are some of the yeah. different, the, whenever Jesus is handed over um, and the you can see the well. sorrow in his face. And so I recommend this highly, The Art of Michael D. O'Brien by Ignatius Press. It was a little bit of a splurge. I mean, I think uh, I think it might be 40 bucks or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's a relatively thin, hardcover book. But if you want something on your coffee table that you're going to be, um, that you're going to come back to, The Art of Michael D. O'Brien. And then, of course, I recommend any of his books. There's yeah. a new book out right now. I guess this is my second pick of the week called <laughs> The Lighthouse. Um, mm-hmm. And that's his newest book. Uh, that's just kind of following the story of uh, of a young-ish lighthouse owner, mm. and as he goes through life and mm. trying to kind of find where he fits into uh, into the world. Michael D. O'Brien is the author. Excellent. My goodness, I tell you, uh, we we could go on and on. Uh, in a couple of weeks, we're going to attempt to do a question and answer show. All right. Mm-hmm. And so the way that we're going to do it is by inviting you to uh, to in, to bring your Q&As into us, because just the way that our program goes, I don't know if we're going to be able to do 
uh, too, too many live questions and things like that. Yeah. But backchat at catholicunderground.com, anything that you've wanted the, 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 the trio here to handle, yeah. um, let us know what those are, and, and we uh, will plan a question and answer episode coming up. So you can start those, backchat at catholicunderground.com, or you can go to catholicunderground.com, and if you kind of scroll down, there's a little form that you can fill out, and you can ask us what you'd like uh, a question you'd yeah, like yeah. us to to take on the show and we'll have 58 minutes to go yeah, through as anything, many as we everything. can yeah anything not, yeah and anything you want to hear kathleen rant about oh, i can please. look i got it on lockdown request let me, a specific let accent. me know so i can adequately like ramp it up you know? that's true because right. because you know once it doesn't she gets take very stuck, long but i mean you know <laughs> that's right but once once the train uh, gets up ahead of steam you can't stop it <laughs> that's true. until you get to the next station that's true that's true yeah so mm-hmm. uh, so keep that in mind back chat at catholicunderground.com or go on our website catholicunderground.com and then whenever this show comes around and you're joining us in the chat room we'll try and get to things in the chat as well all right, so that's uh, that's that's pretty much the show for today. And and also let us know we've been doing some more themed type of shows rather than the the traditional uh, kind of going through um, the Catholic news and views. And if that's helpful for you, let us know as well. If that uh, if that works, then let us know in the chat, or you can also let us know in um, in the at backchat at catholicunderground.com. Mm-hmm. We're always very very grateful for uh, for those of you who chime in. And if you ask us a question or if you you send us something in the mail, it may just end up on the show Ooh. in a back chat segment, which we haven't yes. done in a we little like while. The mail. We do like mail, and Kathleen mm-hmm. doubly so. I do. She loves getting stuff. I love mail. As always, the Catholic Underground is made possible by viewers, listeners, and prayer warriors and benefactors like you. If you want to become an official undergrounder today, you can go to catholicunderground.com slash donate to find out more. You can also help us out by letting others know about us. So remember to like us and to heart us and to star us on your platform of choice. And if the podcasting service that you use to listen to us has a review option, please consider leaving a favorable comment for us because, well, I'll be honest, we like to read them. And it actually tends to help drive us up in the uh, in the ratings, which we haven't been rated on iTunes in years. Uh, so it would be nice to get back in the, you know, top thousand. That would be cool. Our panelists this week have been Kathleen Lee at Kaylee626 on the Instagram. Thank you, Kathleen. Anytime. Olivia Galino is at the.real.omg on Instagram and Twitter. She's been very active on Twitter in these COVID days. Relatively speaking, but yes. Yeah. Olivia, thank you for joining thank us. Thank you And as always, uh, Jeff Blackwell is our technical director. He's moderating the chat, but in his chair is Albert this week, and we thank Albert for running the video. Uh, Ed Ball is our, I'm sorry, the audio. Ed Ball is our video director, and Jim Hayes is our research assistant with his crew in the lab. And you know me. I'm Father Chris Decker. You can find me on Instagram and on Twitter, and it is Inktober, so follow at Digital Catholic because, uh, well, that's where I'm doing Inktober. If you want to know what that is, like uh, Bishop Duke says, I don't understand your drawings. Well, still you can see him at Digital Catholic. <laughs> You've been listening to the Catholic Underground, cutting through the noise so you can find that still small voice. We are the Catholic Underground. We'll see you next time. <laughs>